It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Welcome to Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. In Braves country, we are so excited for you to meet our new proud sponsor, Billy Reed. Now, Billy is an award-winning fashion designer who is redefining global style from his home base in the Shoals in Alabama. He is also a diehard baseball fan who grew up cheering on the Braves, and he offers a line of Atlanta-inspired hats, t-shirts, and accessories that embody the soul of our city. Billy and his team craft luxurious, made-in-the-USA shirts, denim, and more, all with a timeless modern style that will have you wearing them again and again. Experience them for yourself at his two Atlanta shops, one in Buckhead and one at White provisions or discover them online at billyreed.com that's billyreed r-e-i-d.com Welcome to Behind the Braves, presented by Billy Reed, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mast from MLB.com, alongside Director of Braves Alumni Relations. And, I mean, look, I've been watching Fox Sports Southeast here the last couple of nights. He's a primetime star at this point. He's pitching almost every night, it seems like. Greg McMichael, uh, one of the members of the 95 World Series team that is uh, that Fox Sports Southeast is playing the entire uh, 95 World Series this week on TV. Still got a couple games to go. We were going to talk about this at, at the end of the show, but I just went ahead and brought it up now because I was like, I was so All excited right. to see you, see you every night. It's been fun for me to watch you pitching. We can we can delve more into that, I guess, at the end. But uh, ha- first of all, real quick, has it, how, how cool has that been uh, with the, the 95 World Series re-airing in its entirety this week, Greg? Yeah, I tell you what, I've been nervous. It's uh, it's crazy. Um, uh, it's funny to see my wife and. And my daughter's reaction, because my youngest is, you know, I've got three married. And so my youngest is living home and her being able to watch it and, and see me pitch. And uh, it's been pretty fun. And one of the first things is that uh, my wife's like, oh, why are you the only one with no sleeves on or jacket? <laughs> it's snowing in, in uh, Cleveland. and you're, you're pitching with short sleeves. I said, well, that's just the way I did it. I didn't like, I said, I had all that hair on me. I didn't have to uh, kind of insulate it. I'm glad you brought. If you didn't say it, I was going to the, the Harry thing. The, the nickname right. Harry was going to come back. Now, now you see. Now we know. Now we know. Yeah, you were yeah. insulated for the winter. Yeah. yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I, I tell you what, uh, a lot of us has been, have been tweeting and and texting back and forth about different things during the games because I know everybody's watching and it's it's been a lot of fun and obviously getting to talk to all the guys and sharing with them. You know, even though we're all watching it from our own homes, but we've kind of stayed connected. And one of the things that's been cool, we've been putting together a playlist of songs that we were listening to at the time. That should come out 
probably on some so, some of our social media channels here coming up. But uh, one of the things we're working on is pretty cool is is putting together a live Zoom of us watching Game Six, which will be on Saturday. So it should be should be a lot of fun. That'll be really cool. Well, and if you couldn't tell, we are recording this episode behind the Braves over Zoom. Um, obviously, we're still still hunkered down. Greg's at his house. I'm at mine. We're uh, we're just staying inside for now. Although I think there have been some some good signs of. Seems like the news, generally speaking, is headed back in the right direction. So uh, that that's good. And we're hearing rumblings about what could possibly how we might get baseball season started and we don't have any inside information i mean i think we're reading all the same stuff that all of you out there are reading so to me that the even if there's all these different wild scenarios and ideas out there i'm like okay great like however we however we got to do it to get baseball back in 2020 i'm i'm all in sign me up so uh, that's exciting. I will say before we get into talking about our guest today, um, it was fun for me to uh, to have been watching the World Series, and I know how it's all going to play out, obviously. Um, but it's been fun to watch you pitch like an inning here or there, and I'm sitting there like kind of rooting along, like, <laughs> "Come on, Greg, come on, get him back here, here you go, come on." That's you know, and it's been it's been wild. I don't think I've you know I haven't watched you pitch in whole innings since uh, since since you were playing and since I was a kid back in those days so it's been fun it's been a lot of fun to watch and i'm sure you've been getting plenty of texts and all that and uh it's mm-hmm. been fun. so um well listen let's get into our, our guest today who yet again i think we've got a good streak going now of we we make them wait an extra 10 minutes or so but while we deal with our technical issues <laughs> <laughs> and he was he was very cool about it uh, adam duvall he adam somebody we've talked about he's been a brave now since the trade deadline in 2018 and he's somebody that, and our show started pretty shortly thereafter. He's somebody we've wanted to talk to on on Behind the Braves for quite a while now, just because he has such an interesting story. I mean, we get into he's 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 type one diabetic, has type one diabetes. Um, we talk about that with him, and managing that while also being a big league ball player and doing it in an all star level is is pretty amazing. Um, you'll hear me mention to him that a few months ago I. I thought that I might be headed down that route. I was, it's funny. It's interesting. You'll hear him. The symptoms you hear him describe are the same exact symptoms that I was having. I mean, it was the same scenario. I was fortunate in that it turned out to be something less serious. Um, but uh, just hearing his story with that, and then also of going down to the minors uh, last year and then coming back up and then being a hero in the postseason. I don't think we even got into, we got into his home run in game two. I don't even think I mentioned, or we mentioned, he had the big go-ahead hit in game three as well. So, I mean, obviously that series didn't turn out the way we wanted it to, but he was, to me, if you had to pick out one guy to be a hero of the of the wins of that series, he would probably be the guy. I mean, mm-hmm. he kind of sealed both those wins. So, um, great to have him on. Just what are, and he's, you can tell he's, he's I think I, I, I've become more of a fan of him because you and I are both from the South, and he has a little bit of that Southern twang. I think he's from uh, Kentucky, if I'm not not mistaken. Yeah, Louisville. Uh, Louisville, yeah. So uh, what what are your thoughts on uh, your first impressions of Adam? Well, I, I knew I would always like the guy just because his story being a story of perseverance and, and uh, obviously anybody that goes through some of the things that he's gone through with – with uh, adversity, I think that speaks a lot about their character. So I was very interested and excited to talk to him to kind of hear more about his story, just because I know that you just don't, 
you just don't do the things that he's done and to bounce back the way he has without uh, a lot of grit and a lot of character. And, and so uh, he's got a great outlook on life. He's got a very good perspective on baseball. And I think that comes out in the interview and, and it, it's kind of what I expected. But when I first heard his story and kind of saw what he went through, I definitely was a guy. I said, we got to have him on the show. Absolutely. And thanks to Braves Media Relations for put, putting that mm-hmm. together. And, and, uh, and of course, thanks to Adam for taking the time. He's got a little one in the house. So, you know, I think uh, any, any free time is precious to him. So yeah. uh, we Well, he's newly that. married. I mean, he hadn't been married that long either, just a few years, two right. or three years. So uh, he's got a lot, a lot of stuff to deal with. And, and, uh, but I'm sure he's really appreciating the time with his family right now, knowing that when he goes back to work, he may not have his family with him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, that's true. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. So, well, without further ado, let's get to the interview. He was great. And again, thanks to him for taking the time. Here he is, Braves outfielder, Adam Duvall. And it is going to be Adam Duvall. It's going to be the end of the line here for Fulton Avich. Three and two, two outs. McCann takes off and Duvall in the air, center field. That is back. Bader at the wall and she's gone. Adam Duvall, a two-run pinch hit home run. Three to nothing, Atlanta. Hey, Adam, welcome to Behind the Braves. Appreciate you being here with us. Um, you know, I'm not sure if you're following, but uh, this week is World Series week for the Braves. And we're kind of chronicling what uh, went on in 1995. And so that was a team that I played on. And so I've been calling all my teammates and talking to them. And they've been doing interviews on Skype. And and one of the things that we're really working on is trying to put together a live Zoom kind of locker room. Uh, for the for game six where we clinched against the Indians so that should be fun and I've been getting like playlists from the guys of what songs they were listening to in 95 and you oh, know, wow. just, just a lot of fun things it's been it's been a it's been a blast but I was I was wanting to ask you because early in your career you came up with the Giants in uh, 14 and you got to experience a World Series with those guys. I know you didn't get to play in this in the series, but you were on the team. I think you played what twenty eight or thirty games. Yeah, and, yeah. And I I was curious how for you being a young ball player at the time, uh, how that shaped your mentality now as a player. I mean, it's been you know we're we're in two, getting ready to start the two thousand twenty season. How did that shape your mentality going into each season now that you got to experience something? pretty incredible early on yeah so uh you know obviously that's the goal every year is to make the playoffs and to uh you know make a run at it you know uh being a young young player coming up in that organization it was uh you know it there was a lot of leadership on that team uh you know in 2014 and they had already won two world series before that and you know they were on their quest to to win their third and, and uh you know just going into the locker room, you could feel uh, the presence and the leadership of, of those guys. And, and, you know, being a young guy, you kind of just go in and, and just follow suit and get in line and, and, you know, just do as, do as they do. And, you know, so that helped me, uh, you know, from the get go, just seeing, just seeing guys and how they, you know, went about, uh, you know, their business and, 
you know, they, like I said, they had already won two championships. So, which is really hard to do in three years. And, um, you know, just to see the way they went about them, themselves throughout the day and how they prepared for the game and, uh, you know, how they handled uh, the media, the fans, um, you know, so it was just, it was a, it was a good time to, to come up and, and, you know, break through to the major leagues, um, you know, as a giant and, uh, you know, obviously we went on to win the world series there. And, you know, I was with the team throughout the, the whole postseason in the world series. And, uh, my, my closest, my closest, uh, you know, to action was in the wild card game against Pittsburgh. But, uh, I was, uh, you know, I was one of the ones that maybe was going to pinch hit there. And then, you know, obviously Bumgarner went, went all nine and, uh, you know, he had an unbelievable, uh, postseason there. So, uh, but you know, it was, it was, it was really cool just to be a part of and be there. Yeah, it's a pretty amazing experience when you start thinking about um, what it actually takes to win a World Series and to be able to experience that, um, you know, as a young player is pretty amazing. You know, when, it, when I think back about looking at the amount of people that get to experience that, you know, some, some players go a whole career and they don't get to experience any postseason. So I'm, I'm always fascinated – by guys who see that early, you know, Chipper and I've talked about this where, you know, his first year he wins a world series and you just think, well, gosh, I mean, that's, that was pretty easy. I guess we'll just, we'll do that every year, <laughs> you know, and, and we were on a pretty good run for 14 straight years where we won division championships. But as you well know, you've, you've played a little bit longer now. It's just not that easy, but being on the, in the Braves organization now, I think you're you've seen the potential that this is something we could go on another run, and this team is prepped for uh, going deep in the world into the postseason again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's one of the reasons why. Uh, you know, I was talking to my wife the other day about you know I really want to get this season going because you know after the past two years we, we've we've gotten to the playoffs and you know we haven't gotten as far as we want to go, but. Um, you know, just getting the season going and, and, and getting into that mode of, 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 you know, let's make it to the playoffs and then, okay, let's, let's win the first round. Let's win the second. And, you know, just, just getting that competitiveness, uh, you know, back and, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's fun. And, and, you know, like, like you said, nothing's guaranteed. There's, you know, you're not guaranteed to go to the playoffs. It's, it's, it's a feat in itself just to get to the playoffs. And then, you know, once you get in there, anything can happen. And, um, you know, that's, that's just, that, that's why we play the season. That's why we play the regular season. That's why it's so many games is because, you know, uh, after that many games, it's going to weed out, it's going to weed out the teams that shouldn't be there. And, uh, you know, you just, you just want to do everything you can to be one of the teams that's, that's standing there at the end. One of the things I've contended my whole life, both as a baseball fan and then in the in the last six years of actually working in baseball, is that there is nothing, there's no greater atmosphere in sports. There's nothing better than postseason baseball at the ballpark, for my money. There's just an extra energy in the air that you can't really describe. You just kind of have to experience it. Um, so I want to back up to, to game two last year at Truist Park in the NLDS. Fulty's dominating. Seven seven innings, hadn't given up a run. We're up one nothing, and Snit decides to to pinch hit you for for Fulty. 
And there were a few boos in the stadium, which I don't think weren't, weren't for you, but were they were kind of booing Snip for the decision of taking Fulte out. They wanted to leave him in. So, and then you respond with a two with a big two-run blast. That essentially sealed that win uh, for the Braves. And I will say in my six seasons of working in the game, the two loudest moments in their tide, I couldn't pick one that was louder than the other. Uh, Acuna's Grand Slam in 2018 in the NLDS, and then your, your pinch hit homer um, last year. So... Take us through that whole moment from being told you're going to hit to, I mean, I don't know if you're able to drown out, but you probably could hear the crowd and then actually hitting that home run. I mean, and what that must have felt like. Just just take us through that that whole ordeal or that whole, not ordeal, that whole process. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it started, it started, you know, days before and we were prepping for, you know, to come off the bench late in a game and, and trying to, you know, try to change the game in some way and you know, I felt like I had a lot of good work in the, uh, the days before and even even leading up to that bat during the game, um, you know, a couple innings before we're bouncing back in the cage because, you know, things can change quickly. So you got to be ready. You got to be ready to go when they call your name, you know, whether it's a double switch or you're pinch hitting or, you know, so you kind of know, you kind of know the situation of the game, but you, but you got to be ready, um, you know, because it can change fast and, you know, the, the couple innings leading up to that, I'd been uh, getting my work in in the cage. And, and, you know, I felt I felt like my swing was just about as good as it's ever been. And, you know, so then obviously I got the call there walking up to the plate. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely heard the boos. Uh, but, you know, being a baseball guy, I understand, you know, they didn't want to see Fulte come out of the game because he was obviously pitching lights out and having an unbelievable game. And, I was, I was going up there looking to do damage. I mean, that's, that's kind of my mentality as far as, uh, you know, my approach is try to get something where I can handle it versus that pitcher that night and, and just, you know, try to get the big part of the bat on the ball. And, uh, obviously, you know, he was, he was throwing me a lot of sliders there and, and I was getting closer and closer to be, to being on that pitch. And I think that's why Molina went back to the fastball and, uh, you know, I, I was able to get a good swing on it and drive it and, you know, do what I had done, uh, you know, previously that year, I felt like I'd handled those pitches pretty well. So, uh, you know, I got something I could handle and, and, and obviously I hit a home run. So, uh, you know, that was, that was a big moment for me because, you know, the season hadn't gone exactly the way I wanted it to, but I felt like I prepared and worked. And, you know, it was it was a very gratifying season in the fact that, uh, you know, I felt like I got better as the season went on. And that's, you know, that that's that's what you look to. That's what you look to do. Yeah, that was one thing I wanted to ask you about is was that moment that much sweeter, given that the year leading up to that and how that had gone for you. Cause I think you deserve so much credit for the way you conducted yourself. I mean, you'd established yourself as a big leaguer for a few seasons had been an all-star and yet still you went down to Gwinnett. I mean, accepted that assignment and it seemed, and you went down there and absolutely raked by the way, it seemed like every day I would show up to the ballpark and we're, we're hearing about you hit another home run last night for the stripers. I mean, and still, despite the fact that you're raking, it took a while before you before they brought you back up to Atlanta. And when you did come back up, I think you had at 10, 10 bombs in 41 games or something like that. I mean, you kept doing what you've been doing at Gwinnett. So, A, what is your mindset when you when you have to go back down for a little while in the in the AAA or to the minors? How do you handle that? And how do you do it with, with such class, first of all? What's your mindset during that? And then 
does that experience make a moment like that home run in game two a little bit sweeter? Yeah. So, uh, you know, when I, when I first got sit down, obviously that was news I didn't want to hear. Uh, you know, it was a, 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 you know, a shot to the gut per se, but you know, it was, you know, it was something that, that happened and I had to, you know, I had to make the most of it. I had to go down there. I knew I had to work and get better. And, uh, you know, I, I went down there and just said, all right, let's go, let's go to work. And, and, uh, you know, let's see how this thing, whole, whole thing plays out. And, um, you know, I was, I was lucky enough to get down there and be able to get some good work in with Mags and Brumley. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of, we kind of just set everything aside and said, okay, let's build, let's build this thing back up from the ground up. And, uh, you know, really nothing's off the table. So we tried, you know, we tried things, some things didn't work. We tried other things and, um, you know, it kind of came together there and, and I got really comfortable with, with what we were doing. And, as far as the work we were putting in and the drills we were doing and um, you know, I got comfortable. And then, you know, once you, once you get that, that, that comfortable feeling back and uh, you know, that's when you can start just being you and playing and, and kind of just letting loose and letting go and letting it fly. So uh, you know, that, that was, that was my mindset going down uh, as far as, you know, when I got the news that I would be sent down to AAA. And so uh, you know, I, I, I'm really proud of myself, the way I handled it and, and the way I made the most of it, because, you know, it, it was either going to go one of two ways. It was either going to go south or, or, you know, I was going to come out and, and, you know, be able to get back up to the big league team and, and get back to playing the way I felt like I could play. And, um, you know, so that, that's, that's basically, that, that's basically was my mindset going down. And then, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, I think, I think what, what makes things so special is, is all the hard work and, and the sweat, blood and tears that gets put into, uh, whatever you're trying to accomplish that when you do finally accomplish that, it makes it that much sweeter. And, you know, so obviously, uh, you know, it, it, like I said, it didn't go like I'd planned. Uh, and, you know, but when I did get the call back up, I made the most of it, uh, you know, I, I tried to do whatever I could to, to stay there. And, um, you know, I, I was just thankful for the opportunity there. I got there in the playoffs and, um, you know, I was excited as heck that I, that I came through there. Well, Adam, you, you know, as well as I do, you've been around a lot of ball players over the years that it's way more than talent that gets someone to be successful in the game of baseball. It takes, it takes a lot of different things. And I've always, thought that when you see someone go through adversity you you learn a lot about them uh, but also it's like you said it may not be a punch to the gut but it is a gut check <clears throat> it's one of those things where it can define your career and you've had a couple of those things I mean you've had you were diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and then going through um, the adversity that you had uh, with going up and down through the minor leagues which I'll tell you that's that's not for the faint of heart. I mean, that's no matter what level you play, that is difficult. Whether you're going back to double A or you're going back to single A or going back to triple A, it is very difficult to do because it is a true test of your of your grit. It's a test of of just you know that motivation, self motivation that you need. But you have to you had to deal with the the diabetes as well. And one one of the questions that that I have been curious about with you is what things do you have to do differently to be successful as a ball player? Because you have to deal with this on a daily basis 
and how does it impact your life? Uh, not just normally, but, but being an athlete, how does that, cause that's just something that's gotta be something you've got to take precautions for that no other ball player has to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the big things for me is to recover. I've got to really take care of my body because obviously, uh, you know, type one diabetes is auto autoimmune disorder. And, and so my body doesn't necessarily repair and replenish like everybody else's does. So if, you know, if my blood sugar is consistently going low or consistently going high, then it's going to wear me down. It's going to uh, change my mood. It's going to change my energy levels. And so for me, uh, you know, it's super important to keep these numbers in check and to, uh, you know, eat right and, and try to get as much rest as I can because, uh, you know, like I said, it, it is difficult day to day, especially traveling. Uh, we travel a lot and we're on different time zones and stuff. So, you know, when you're eating at different times, that also affects your blood sugar. So, you know, I feel like I've got a pretty good grasp on it, um, but it did. It took a lot of took a lot of research. It took a lot of trial and error. Um, it took a lot of uh, you know headaches as far as having to change certain sites. You know, when you get in, it's late at night, and you know you've got to deal with this. And um, but at the same time, technology has come a long way since I've had it, and it's you know that's helped tremendously. So. You know, I'm just thankful for the research that's being done and, uh, you know, for the technology. Yeah, I, I, just uh, on a personal note, um, a few months ago, I was, I was starting to have some, some health issues and I was having really, really low energy suddenly, like, and it felt like my body was shutting down. And I did the, I, I was in addition to scheduling a doctor's appointment, I did the thing that I vowed never to do, but I was feeling so bad. I, I went online and started Googling symptoms because that's just like a, that's a dangerous route to go anytime. But but everything yeah. seemed like it was headed towards diabetes. And I kind of thought, and this is true, I'm not just saying this because you're here. One of the thoughts I had was, well, I, I watched Adam Duvall. I watched this big leaguer go out there and hit a home run in the postseason, watched him play at the highest level of his profession for a few years. If he can handle diabetes and still be a big league ball player, then I can, I work in social media, then certainly I can handle it and send tweets and just, you know, <laughs> you know, certainly I should be able to handle that. So it was actually comforting to me to know that there's somebody who, for work, who I follow. Um, of course, I'd followed your career prior, but whenever the Braves get a new ball player, it's part of my job to know as much about them as possible. Um, but that was a comforting thing to know. Okay. If a, if a professional athlete can have this and still live day to day, then I should be able to handle it too. Now I was fortunate in that it just turned out to be a thyroid issue, which is much easier to handle than diabetes. But when you were first having symptoms and trying to figure out what was going on, I mean, what was that like and how long did it take for them to, for you and the doctors to figure out what was going on? Yeah. So it started, um, I actually got strep throat in, I believe it was around November, uh, and November of 2011. And then, uh, you know, so I was sick from that. And then, uh, you know, then I was working out, I was actually, I was doing two a day workouts and I was just exhausted. And, uh, you know, so I was talking to my strength coach and, you know, typical strength coach, he was just trying to push me through and say, you know, let's go. We got, you know, motivate me and pump me. Maybe I'm just, you know, being a wuss. So I went through that and then I started to lose a little bit of weight and that was concerning because I was eating a lot. I was, I was probably eating more than I ever had before, but yet I was losing weight. So I was thinking, you know, maybe, 
you know, maybe my body's starting to react differently to, to the workouts. And, uh, so, you know, that, that progressed, that progressed and then went to spring training and, uh, I started getting really bad cotton mouth, started getting really bad cotton mouth. And then I would wake up, uh, five or six times a night and have to pee. And, you know, so then I, I kind of got online and did a little bit of research, like you said, which you can go down a rabbit hole there, but, uh, you know, all things pointed to diabetes. It was, I mean, it was crazy. I was having like five of the six symptoms or something, you know, something ridiculous. It was, you know, urinating frequently at night, which I had never done. I would never wake up. It was really bad cotton mouth, weight loss, tired, low energy. So, you know, it was all things were pointing to diabetes. And then we got my, we got my blood test back that they do every single year in spring training. And, and it was, it showed that, uh, you know, it showed that my, my glucose levels were higher than normal. So then we went and got an A1C and sure enough, it was, it was, uh, you know, type one, but for me, it was, it, you know, it wasn't necessarily terrible news. It was more so of, man, I, okay, we found out what was going on. Now, how can we fix it? Because, you know, anybody with, with, a, with a health issue can tell you that, you know, that lingering feeling of, of not knowing what's going on with your body is, is sometimes worse than actually knowing and being able to, to fix whatever it is or, or to cope with it. So, you know, I was, you know, I, I was actually kind of excited to figure out why I was feeling tired, why I was, you know, my body was acting the way it was. And, uh, you know, so, so after that, I, I hopped in a couple classes and, uh, nutrition classes and just tried to learn as much as I could about it. And then, you know, kind of went on with my season. That's awesome. So final question for me, uh, obviously we're living in some crazy, uh, extraordinary, circumstances right now and uh if if you're like any other ball player i've ever known you're just you're in season mode you know you're you've been preparing then <laughs> then the great tease you you play three weeks of spring training and then they shut you down uh yeah. that's got to be one of the one of the most difficult things that um none of us have experienced that before but it's one thing to be on strike going through a strike and not having spring training you know go into spring training yet but but right now what what things are you doing just to kind of stay mentally focused because they're going to turn the switch on here I would imagine pretty shortly and you'll be headed off somewhere um so how how are you coping with that right now yeah so uh you know obviously everything's shut down so gyms and um so I I actually ordered a couple kettlebells online and I've been getting I've been really surprised. I've been really getting some good workouts in just in my garage. Uh, I, I have a battle rope, couple kettlebells, and a medicine ball, and a jump rope. And I mean, I've been I've been going. I've been just kind of making up my circuits as I go. And uh, you know, I, I'm I'm really pleased with where I'm at as far as conditioning wise and as far as uh, you know weightlifting wise. So uh, when they when they give us the call. I'll be ready to go. That's for sure. And then, and then, you know, baseball wise, uh, we found a local little cage here. A couple of guys will go up there and hit and, and, uh, you know, do our, do our work there and, and kind of throw in a parking lot. So right now it's makeshift basically everything because, you know, we're not supposed to be, uh, you know, gathering in groups and, and, you know, there's really nowhere to get this kind of stuff in. So it's kind of, uh, 
it's kind of kind of you kind of got to get your rocky inspiration on and <laughs> and uh kind of just make some stuff up and, and you know try to do as best you can I mean, that's us with our podcast. We, we vowed when we started two years ago that we would never do an interview over the phone or over the computer. They were all going to be on in person and life changed that in a hurry. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it does. Uh, last, last question for me. So, and a little more on the lighter side of things. So uh, it's been fun for me to find out from friends and coworkers what, what, what sorts of things they've discovered or maybe new hobbies or new binging things they've been doing during this downtime. Has there been any new hobbies or shows or movies or anything that you've picked up? I know we were talking before we started, you've got a little one in the house. So I imagine that's probably taking up a lot of your time, but what, <laughs> any, any new hobbies or things you've picked up during this, uh, this downtime? Yeah. So, uh, I made, I, I had a, I was talking to my wife and I, I, I made a couple goals to get done before quarantine was over. Um, and that was, uh, that was one was finish a book, uh, which I'm almost finished with. Uh, one was, uh, learn, learn one song on the guitar, which hasn't, hasn't been too great because, uh, you know, it's tough when you don't have someone to teach you, it's tough to, it's tough to learn the guitar, man. It, it's, uh, you know, I've tried to get on YouTube and, and learn as much as I can, but it's, it's really kicking my butt right now. And then the other one is to train my dog. And that's not going very well. either. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's, he's pretty stubborn in his ways. So, uh, we're, we're working on it though, but those were the three things that, that I wanted to accomplish before quarantine is over. That's what song would you want to learn if, if you, if you could pick one? Uh, probably I don't have one. I don't have a specific one, but it would be, uh, it would be probably an Eric church or a Luke Combs. And I've tried several, I've tried to pick, like get on YouTube and pick the easiest one of each. And it's just, it's, it's tough to, it's tough to teach yourself the guitar. That's for sure. I know, I know a, a little, a little bit of Wonderwall, but that's about it. <laughs> Greg and I both play guitar and I can't speak for Greg. Uh, I know just enough about guitar to mess up some really great songs. So oh, yeah. the great thing. I, I grew up on country music too. The great thing is if you can eventually just get three chords down, you'll be able to play yeah. at least 50% of every country right. song ever. ever GCD before. baby. GCD. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, so that would be that would, like, what's your, what's your, uh, your, your, you know, I guess what's the yeah so you'd say pick three chords and learn those and then and then that will help a lot well not uh, any three chords just learn gcd just learn those okay, three GCD. and he's saying 50 okay. percent of the country songs are going to incorporate those three, those three chords okay all right good good yeah. yeah the 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 toughest thing for me is to get the strumming pattern yeah uh you know so but i think with anything practice i think it'll it'll help out a lot yeah. Yeah, there's a cool app, little little shout out called Musician. Okay. And um and it it's it's pretty cool. It takes you through a daily thing that you can do and um, okay. and then but uh, I think it's free, but then you gotta pay to open like other things, you gotta pay to open up more of it. But that's an right, interesting okay. little app. So if you want to yeah, it, yeah. it's just on your phone. Okay, yeah, cool. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
I, I need I need something because I'm stuck right now. That's for sure. <laughs> well, well, Ricky and I've been threatening to do another. Ricky's famous for parodies, so he's made some. If you go on YouTube, you can look him up. He's done some. Okay, yeah, some parodies. Uh, but uh, we've been threatening to do one together. <laughs> oh, okay, nice, nice. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, check, I'll check those out. Okay, those out. All right. All right. Well, thanks, thank Adam, so much. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Now runners at second and third. And here is Adam Duvall again, his second plate appearance. Martinez deals, and that one's driven into center field. Bader coming in, can't get it. It's down. One run is in. Ortega, here comes Swanson. He will score. And Adam Duvall strikes again. A two-RBI double for Duvall. 3-1 Atlanta in the ninth. Our thanks again to Braves Slugger. I was I was just saying, uh, Adam Duvall, I was just saying, Greg, uh, a minute ago while we weren't taping, that I almost wanted to call Adam an infielder because I was watching Luke Jackson in the MLB Players League tournament on MLB The Show. He wanted Adam's bat in his lineup, so he just played Adam at third every game and had him at the heart of the lineup. So I want to, I want to call Adam a uh, an infielder outfielder, but uh, – but then you pointed out he played a little first base for the Giants. So I guess he is an infielder outfielder then. Yeah. Well, trades. Well, I thank Adam for joining us. He was great. Um, really, really cool story that goes beyond the field and the off the field stuff that he's had to contend with and manage. And, and he's, man, he's just done such a great job with that. So mm-hmm. again, it bears repeating, not just being a big leaguer with type one diabetes. And we didn't even get into the, the specifics, I mean, the equipment you have to wear on your body and the constant management of diet, nutrition, uh, doing the right things at the right times. I mean, it's, it is a, it's a full-time job in of itself just managing that, that condition and then managing it while being an all-star level player uh, at the highest level of professional sports is, is pretty amazing. So uh, thanks to Adam for joining us and talking about all that. Yeah, well, think about it. It's so important to eat at the right time of the day and when you're playing baseball games that sometimes don't get over till 11 o'clock at night and trying to eat you know and and it's just it's more complicated obviously and I, I really appreciated having Adam on he uh he's got a lot he's got a lot that he has to deal with on a daily basis like you said as a ball player as a new dad as a new husband um and then you know just trying to be trying to be a big leaguer so it was it was great to hear a story I always love hearing the stories and being able to talk to the current team being the alumni director a lot of times I don't get to spend much time with these guys till after their career's over so obviously this podcast is is real important to me to be able to talk with some of these guys I know we've spent most of our time interviewing guys as soon as they sign like we did with Josh and B Mac and some of the other guys, but it's always great to be able to uh, have them on during, of course, during the season, right? <laughs> this right. is the season, which is interesting. I remember when we had uh, Jerry Blevins on last year, that was definitely a highlight, being able to talk to somebody in the bullpen. And, and hopefully um, when the season starts, we'll be able to get some guys on too. But it's always great because that, you know, my job is about relationships. So being able to just meet Adam, talk to him, and, and to hear his story was was pretty good. And hey, I appreciate. It. I felt like I was at the Masters some of the times. He was out on his back porch. You could hear those birds going at it. I felt like felt like Tiger was getting ready to make a putt. 
I that that was I, I I kept waiting for Jim Nance to break in like just slide in our Zoom chat here and just go hello. Friends. <laughs> you know? yeah. I was like, man, it's uh, it's the the weather is much nicer at where Adam's at right now than it is in Atlanta today. So uh, yeah, does look a little dark over here at my place. I don't know about yours. Um, but yeah, that was nice. There's, there's birds chirping more pleasant. So again, thank you to Adam Duvall and hopefully we'll get to see him and the rest of our, our Braves out on the field sooner rather than later. Again, we don't know any more than, than you guys do, but it certainly seems like there's, there's progress being made out there towards hopefully having a season, what that season is going to look like. I don't know. I mean, I, we can pontificate a little bit, I guess, Greg. I mean, uh, when I'll be honest, this is just me spec, my personal opinion. Again, however they want to figure this out so that we can have baseball in 2020, I'm all for it. It doesn't matter to me. I will admit that the the all 30 teams in Arizona plan, I, I just didn't see how that could work. Again, if they could figure it out and the players were okay with it, then, hey, I, let's go. Um Similarly, the the idea of splitting the teams up and okay, we'll have half in Arizona, half in Florida. I didn't know about that one either. These other these other scenarios that have been reported out there, where maybe there'll be a realignment and teams still get to play in their home ballparks, but then geographic they'll play the teams closest to them geographically with no fans in the ballpark starting out. That was the first one where I kind of and again I no I have zero insight on this. I just read it and I'm like, well. That actually seems like that seems to me a little bit more feasible than some of the other plans I've seen. Um, but again, I don't, I don't know. What do you, as a former player, I mean, if if you could put yourself back in the shoes of a current player and going through this, I mean, what do you think your mindset would be when you're hoping for baseball and then there's all these wild scenarios being thrown out there? What What are your thoughts on it? Well, it, it reminds me a little bit about when we were going through the strike in 95 at the beginning and every day there was something as the, you know, we were supposed to be in spring training starting the middle of February, that deadline got passed. And then now we're every day, there's a new scenario about what's going to happen with the season because now as spring training gets delayed, the season gets delayed. And so I, I kind of dealt with that a little bit from the standpoint of not knowing and always hearing what, what might happen. Listen, we, we weren't even, if you listen to some of the so-called experts, some of them were, were talking like, you know, we weren't going to do anything till for 18 months, you know, and then it was a year. I mean, here we are in April and we've already, the, the country's already started opening up. So I think this thing's changing on a daily basis. And as, as we continue to see, positive signs of the numbers going down and I think this thing can ramp up pretty quickly if we start if we continue to see positive trends so who knows what's going to happen in the next three days a week much less you know a month so I would anticipate if we're if we're really seeing the trends in a positive direction like we're seeing right now that this this game is so much bigger than just throwing a little white ball around. We know that after 9-11 and some of the stories that came out of that, I experienced that. And, and, and some of the things that are going on now that as a country, live sports just does something for us. We just, we love our sports. We love our baseball. And that if there's any way we can 
get this thing going sooner than later, we're going to find a way to do it. Listen, if we, if we've, if we've allowed, if we could keep Home Depot open during this whole crisis and we had every grocery store in America open during this crisis, we can figure out a way to, to get baseball going sooner than July 4th. So, um, I, I would imagine that, uh, we've got some pretty smart people that are working in, in baseball. I think they'll figure it out, but either way, I'm excited that we're at least trending in a very positive way as opposed to it going the other way. So I'm, I'm very hopeful that uh, we'll see the guys heading to spring training, hopefully sometime in May. Um, that, that would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that would be fantastic. I hope you're right about that. And Again, imagining whether there's fans, obviously in the perfect world, you would have fans there when, when we first come back. But I don't, I don't see any scenario where that probably, at least from everything I've read, where that's going to happen initially. If we want it back sooner, then we probably need to do it without fans. And, but I think just to have live sports or, or something there for folks to watch uh, would just be such a huge lift <laughs> for everybody. It really would. Yeah. I, I tell you, I don't know if I've said this on Behind the Braves in the last couple episodes or not, but. I knew that I was a person that pretty much just watched sports all day, every day as it was, but it wasn't until this thing hit that I realized just how much of my day is consumed by, by live sports. I mean, man, once it's gone, it's just like, my goodness, what am I watching? I mean, Tiger King kept me entertained for a day or two. (laughs) Then It was like, all right, what's the next thing now? Hey, here's my, here's my plan. Okay. So as soon as the first game is scheduled, you get to put five people in every section okay and then um after a week if no if the the numbers don't go up then you get to put 10 people in each section and so you just keep adding as the as as everybody the world doesn't dissolve into uh more chaos as as the the numbers go down you get more people get to accept the lottery the lottery that you're going to do so that that's my that's my that way you start with fans there may only be 25 fans but at least it's not dead silence at least somebody's cheering or else they make all the employees go out there and we cheer and they spread us all around the ballpark that's that's my plan we're going to put five we're going to do a lottery we're going to put five people in each section i don't know i can't remember how many sections we have in the ballpark but but we we could at least have a hundred fans there, spread them all around that big old ballpark, and then if nothing happens after a week, then uh, then we'll 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 double it, and then we'll just keep doubling it until by by August we'll have you know ten thousand people there, and then we just keep moving on. So anyway, that's my safe rollout plan for the Atlanta Braves, and and uh, I think that's a good strategy. My plan is to put a bunch of Greg McMichael cardboard cutouts in the seats, <laughs> like they've been doing over in the. Uh, I don't know if it, I don't know if it's the the CPBL, the uh, which league it is. I don't know if it's the Chinese league or yeah, which, whichever Ta- league it is. Taiwan or Korea, I think. And then yeah, China. so one of the leagues, whichever league it is over there that that has started, um, and they've got those cardboard cutouts. I'm like in the stands. I'm like, all right, well, let's let's put let's get a bunch of McMichael cutouts, and uh, we'll be good to go. Are they piping some cheering? Um, every time there's a hit, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I did watch <laughs> the. Uh, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. I, you know, I did watch a little bit of. I saw some clips of um, from from about five years ago when the game was played in Baltimore in front of no fans after the there were the riots and the, the mm. things that were going on in that city, which were 
pretty scary. And they decided to, to I think I can't remember if it was more than one game, but I was watching some of the replays of that game. And, and I remember it was, it seemed odd, but at the same time I was trying to then put that scenario into current day. And I'm like, well, that that's okay. I want fans back eventually, but Hey, if, if, we can we can play this game in front of no fans for a little bit, and it'll still be okay. Because then at least we'll have to have baseball on our televisions and radios. Mm-hmm. Again, it, it would just be that that would be great. So, um, I think you mentioned the July Fourth date. If to have baseball playing on July Fourth, whether it's before or on, or it starts around that day, hopefully before. But um, to have it playing at all, uh, to have it playing this July Fourth, I think would be a um, a little extra special. July 4th is one of those dates on the baseball calendar that's always special, but to have it playing on July 4th, 2020, would uh, that, I think that would be a little extra special that day, personally. Agreed. All right, buddy. Well, I think we've uh, – hopefully we've entertained the folks a little bit for the last 45 minutes or so. I'm certainly – I'm sur- sure that they enjoyed Adam Duvall, so hopefully they enjoyed us as well. But as long as they enjoyed Adam, then that's, that's the main thing. Mm-hmm. But um, – Thank you, as always, for listening to Behind the Braves, presented by Billy Reed. And, hey, if you're not doing anything the next couple of nights, tune into Fox Sports Southeast and watch Greg McMichael and the 1995 Braves take on the Cleveland Indians in the World Series. That's, again, we're, let's see, what do we got coming up tonight? This should come out on the night of game four, I believe. So we're halfway yeah. through. So I think I got I to gotta go get ready. I got a couple innings in me tonight. I feel like you might have a couple innings in you tonight. Yeah, we'll see. I think it, I think it actually starts spitting snow tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Well, you know what's interesting? The people can't see this out there. We are recording this, as I mentioned earlier, over Zoom, so I can see you. This is the first time since we've been doing this show you're wearing a, a, like a Braves hoodie, like the warm-up. It's like you're in the bullpen right now. Like you, uh, you literally do look like you're getting ready to get up and just start stretching out a little bit and getting ready. So I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah, this is, uh, like I said, I've, I've been a little nervous watching the games just because I haven't seen you – know, we, all, we all have seen game six, the clip of us – clenching and we're jumping on the pile Marquise catches the ball and all that but seeing game one two three four five and all the little things that happened all the little things that happened is pretty pretty amazing because I didn't remember I was texting Clancy last night and I'm like dude you were nasty I can't believe how hard you were throwing from from the side and and then whoa daddy with that big mullet uh was was pretty funny and and, uh, you know, just some of the things, how bad, oh, I lo- one, uh, and I don't know, I didn't mean to get into this, but one of the <laughs> things I loved was if you watched, I think it was game two, um, we had a chance to blow the game open and Fremming blows a, blows a play where the Cleveland shortstop, which was Omar Vizquel, bobbles the ball, steps on the bag, he never has control and he drops it and Devereaux slides in. And he still calls him out. Bobby's livid. Of course, we all nobody likes Fremming. Uh, we we couldn't stand him. He was old. He was crotchety. He would never ask for help. And sure enough, there's eight umpires on the field. <clears throat> he still won't ask for help. He keeps Bobby's just livid. He's running out there. <clears throat> we get just him in his best arguing the call. And, and Fremming won't, won't budge. He won't ask the third base umpire. He won't ask the home plate. He wants the first base. It's clear that he drops the ball and that he wasn't throwing it or trying to throw it. And, I mean, that was just a classic moment. So get, being able to relive that and see that, 
was pretty amazing because I didn't remember that. But I wouldn't have unless I got a chance to watch it again. So that was a lot of fun. I think you hit the nail on the head there. We've all seen game six, the Marquise catching the final out. We've seen you know Justice hitting the home run in that game. We've seen that highlight a bunch of times. But it's most of us probably haven't seen this series in its entirety or in since it happened. And uh, to be go, to be able to go back and relive that has been it's been so much fun. And, and again, for me, I know we're living it through different ways. In that you were on the team, and I was just a kid watching it. But it's seeing that lineup. We've been putting out the old school. The, our creative team with the Braves have been putting out these graphics old school graphics that are just so cool uh, that yeah. kind of look, has that 95 look to it or like it would have looked on TV a little slightly grainy or whatever. It's been so cool. So for me, it's like rekindles those memories. I see that lineup, that list of players and what that team meant to me. And so to watch them go watch them, watch you guys go through uh, that journey again has been really mm-hmm. fun. And by the way, you mentioned that, uh, that playlist earlier. I saw, uh, Insung from Braves Creative, he sent us the first, I, I guess what will be, I said the first version, but I, th- I assume it'll be the final version of uh, the music playlist, and it is awesome. First of all, you guys' choices are very interesting. He, The way he designed <laughs> it is very cool, so be on the lookout for that uh, on Braves social media. Which yeah. it, by the time this episode comes out tonight, it might be out there already, so that's going to be pretty Yeah, we, sh- we should have one. We should have one more. Um, coming out, I'm working on another one. So hopefully right. that'll that'll be out before Game Six. But yeah, that lineup. You think about having to face Chipper, McGriff, Justice, and Klesko back to back to back to back was pretty pretty intimidating. Definitely was, definitely was. Well, yeah, definitely check that out. Fox Sports Southeast. Uh, a lot of, and then the Fox Sports are putting out a lot of the clips and promotional stuff on their social channels, and then we're helping support that on Brave social channels as well. So check all that out. Uh, if you haven't already. And uh, yeah, so thanks again to Adam Duvall for joining us and spending some time with us here. And hey, hopefully we're playing baseball soon. In the meantime, we'll, we'll, we'll keep plugging along here and figuring out how to crank out new episodes of Behind the Braves presented by Billy Reed. And uh, thank you to all of you for listening. Thanks to Braves Media Relations for, for hooking us up with Adam today. And if you haven't already liked, reviewed, subscribed, all that good stuff behind the Braves, go ahead and do that. We appreciate it. Good and bad. We read them all and we appreciate them all. So thank you all to everybody for listening and we'll see you next time on Behind the Braves. Hey, Braves country. We just wanted to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe Behind the Braves presented by Billy Reed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, braves.com slash behind the Braves, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. And we'll see you next time on Behind the Braves. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.